Hello ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to wherever in the world you may be. And yes, today is a very special episode of this podcast. And it might just be a quick one because AEW All Out went all out. Yes, I have no words. Uh, I might not be able to compose my thoughts properly when it comes uh, to today's episode, but I just got to get this out there. Uh, It's not going to be about All Out. Um, I think that'll be for an episode in the future. But for now, we will talk about the biggest thing, two biggest things to come out of All Out. And... We all know by now, this happened a few weeks ago, that CM Punk, after seven years gone from the wrestling industry, he has returned. He is back better than ever, the best in the world once again, gracing our TV screens, and he is now in AEW. He also wrestled at All Out versus Darby Allen. Darby Allen was the man who called him out in the first place. And now Punk is out of hiding, and he performed in this match tremendously, I might add. And I want to cover All Out on a future episode, but for today, I just want to get this out of the way because everyone's been talking about it. I might as well address it. Strike while the iron is hot. Two of the biggest signings in AEW history. And this is already alongside CM Punk, hot off the heels of the CM Punk signing, you know. And if you're a fan of AEW or of pro wrestling in general, it's one of those things where you can say, but wait, there's more. And there is definitely more uh, if AEW is concerned because they fired on all cylinders at All Out. Great pay-per-view from start to finish, but the most talked about Things from that pay-per-view are the two biggest signings, which I will also talk about shortly. It's Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan. So, we all know the deal when it comes to CM Punk signing and how big he is. A big part of the reason why everyone loved CM Punk coming back was because he was gone for so long. He was gone for such a long amount of time, and in his personal life, uh, he's grown to be bitter and grumpy, but it's through no fault of his own. Um, he did detail uh, He did detail this in a podcast. Um, he guest starred on Colt Cabana's podcast years ago, and he talked about the working condition he faced in the WWE. He was given a lot of false promises, and management didn't keep up their end of the bargain, so it was just really sad on his end. And if you were able to watch and compare how CM Punk used to be in the ring from his earlier years in the WWE, and then his peak years in the WWE around 2011 or so as the best in the world, and then when you compare that to his final few years from 2013 and 14 seemed a little off. You could notice that he was visibly tired. His moves felt sloppy. He moved very sluggish. And it was very odd to see, especially 
if you would see him every week on TV. And I, I started to notice this. And I remember um, when I was watching back then, I did hear about his contract expiring on July 2014. And that would mean the contract he signed in uh, he, the contract he signed on July 2011 was a three-year contract. And I was thinking to myself back then, I found out about this late 2013. And I found out, you know, upon watching him, that something was off with how he performed. Like he, he always looked so tired all the time. And as a big fan of CM Punk, I was starting to get worried. But of course, I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. You know, I'm not private of that information. I'm just a fan. And on my end, watching him on TV... He was a big reason of why I was still watching Raw, uh, Monday Night Raw at that time, and I could see him just get really tired and worn out. He would stick his tongue out a lot, which I found very odd, but I think that was a sign. Like, uh, he was sticking his tongue out because he just wanted to, to get it over with, you know? Like, it was a, a way to cope, I guess. It's really weird. Like, if you go back and watch those matches from 2013 and 14, it was very apparent. And... Um, watching those week after week after week, I thought to myself, oh, uh, he's definitely not going to re-sign once July 2014 hits. So I, I should just make the most out of it and watch him as much as I can. And then suddenly this huge shocker, this huge bombshell comes out where by January of 2014, right after the Royal Rumble, he just left. He left WWE. No warning, no goodbye. You know, no goodbye to the fans, and he just walked out because he was so burnt out with how the creative process was in WWE and how frustrated he was. And it was, it was such a difficult time for him, and he just flat out left. And um, I'm sure on his end, he wished that there was closure, and us fans of his also wished that we had closure. But we didn't get that for the longest time. And within those seven years... It felt like he's truly moved on. And he moved on to other things, other pursuits, other projects. And that's why it's such a fever dream to see CM Punk back in the first place. Because after seven years, we would already believe that he would never come back to professional wrestling. And when he showed up on that episode of Rampage, The Last Dance in Chicago, he was all smiles. He was very humble. He, he leapt towards the fans, literally, like, the fans, cat, uh, the fans would catch him, the fans caught him, they did, they did catch him, and he jumped to the fans, this is a literal thing he did, and he also gave them ice cream bars, so, this is a promise he wanted to deliver on years ago, and he did that, so CM Punk gave the fans in Chicago, in attendance, ice cream bars, and it was so great to see him so happy, and, you know, I'm just happy he's back on a personal level because he is definitely one of my favorites to watch in the ring, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And above all else, it's just so nice to see him happy. You can see in his in-ring promos, in the media scrums, alongside other AEW wrestlers, he's just so happy to be there. And he, he's very humble. He wants to help out all the talent. And I think this locker room... That AEW has just encouraged Punk to try it out and to return to pro wrestling. You can see his love for pro wrestling. If you go ahead and watch his match with Darby Allen, All Out, uh, it was really great. And 
um, very little ring rust, if at, if at all, no, if any. And it was so great to see him. And I want to segue into the locker room that AEW has, because this is also, uh, I believe, how the management is run, how the company is run. It's so much different from WWE. And I think that's why Daniel Bryan, or should I say uh, Bryan Danielson and Adam Cole, that's why they signed on. And Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan are two of the biggest names that WWE has right now. Adam Cole was the central figure, one of the most important wrestlers on the NXT brand. This was a couple of years ago. And he dominated the NXT brand as the NXT champion. I believe he was the longest reigning NXT champion. So they really built the NXT brand around him. And it was it was it was a really great time to watch. Adam Cole being the leader of the Undisputed Era. So that was alongside Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and they dominated NXT. Cole was the NXT champion. Roderick Strong was the North American champion, and then Fish and O'Reilly were the tag team champions. And uh, some great wrestling all around from Adam Cole. And the last we saw of Adam Cole in the WWE was against Kyle O'Reilly, because what Adam did was um, he betrayed all his Undisputed Era faction mates, and we ended up with a feud between Adam and Kyle. So it was the Undisputed finale in... Uh, NXT TakeOver 36 and that was not too long ago actually and then suddenly he shows up in AEW and with a huge smile on his face and so did Daniel Bryan they did this at the same time at the same night at the same segment so Daniel Bryan while Adam Cole dominated NXT Daniel Bryan was a much bigger name on the main roster of the most popular superstars of the modern era and Daniel Bryan not only that but before that he was the king of the indies he was Bryan Danielson the American Dragon and he wrestled all over the world competed against wrestlers from all over the world as well and he dominated Ring of Honor around this time CM Punk was there too and it was around the early 2000s and he came to WWE in 2010 as part of the original NXT so this was the old NXT Adam Cole was a member of the new and revamped NXT so back then NXT was still a game show and Daniel Bryan had a had a huge uphill battle ahead of him and through the years he climbed the ranks winning the tag team championship the United States championship and then uh, his crowning achievement was main eventing WrestleMania 30 in most likely the best storyline in modern WWE history. It was Daniel Bryan being called a B-plus player and overcoming the authority of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, fighting the establishment, defeating Triple H's stablemates, no less, Randy Orton and Batista. Daniel Bryan winning both WWE and the World Heavyweight Championships. Uh, they were unified at that time, and he won them both at WrestleMania 30 in one of the greatest feel-good moments, I believe, in not just WWE, but all of pro wrestling. And what's hard to believe about Daniel Bryan is we didn't see him... Uh, it, it wasn't like CM Punk where he was gone for a long amount of time. 
uh, Punk was gone for seven years, but Brian main evented this year's WrestleMania, so that's that's really quite a shocker. He was in this year's WrestleMania last April, and now by September, he shows up in AEW's biggest show of the year, All Out. That's just crazy. And the fact that we live in a world right now where Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, and CM Punk are all in the same place with huge smiles on their faces, happy to be there. And you could tell that there's probably something wrong, you know? I'm saying probably, but it's actually true. We've heard countless horror stories from former WWE superstars. And when they go back to the indie scene or sign with other companies such as AEW, they're back to being pro wrestlers, happier than ever. And it does it does show that WWE has a toxic environment for the wrestlers. Uh, they're probably not getting their fill, you know, being fulfilled creatively, or being pushed to the best of their ability. Uh, it's a very hard it's a very hard thing when you're a professional wrestler, you know. So for the likes of Brian Punk and Cole. Uh, for the most part, they've found happiness now, and that's the best thing. That's the most important thing. Not only that, they get to interact with uh, the younger talent, the newer talent, a new, fresh batch, a fresh crop of talent that they've never met before because they were in WWE. And these are all new guys that they're going to face in the future, and that's part of the appeal of these three people coming to AEW. Fresh matchups, fresh storylines, and again, their health and happiness above others. You know, above other things, their health and happiness, and they're happy to be there, they're happy to work, and it's just going to be fun to see all of them wrestle. CM Punk wants to help the newer talent. Daniel Bryan has been quoted as saying he wants to kick the heads of the talent in. So uh, that was his old shtick back in the day, and he's definitely going to resurrect it, I'm sure, seeing as AEW is more uh, creatively freeing for these people. So he's definitely going to kick some heads in. Better watch out for that. And Adam Cole reunited with his buddies, his friends. So Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, Gallows and Anderson. So they were all part of Bullet Club in New Japan back in the day. And it was nice to see that they pulled the trigger on both Brian and Cole. And I didn't expect them to debut on the same night. And some people might think, oh, Daniel Bryan overshadowed Adam Cole because what happened was uh, Kenny Omega won his match defending his AEW world title on the line against Christian Cage he went on the mic wanted to bid them goodbye or the fans goodbye and then Adam Cole came out short stare down and then they hugged it out so it was a big swerve a big plot twist there Adam Cole is not going up against Kenny Omega Instead, he is allying himself with him because he was a former member of this group. They were one of his best friends, and they still are in this case. And that's when Daniel Bryan showed up, or should I say Bryan Danielson, and I'm still not used to it. Uh, his real name is Bryan Danielson, uh, but in WWE, he was called Daniel Bryan. So for me, um, I've only seen so little of his prior Bryan Danielson work, so I do know him as Daniel Bryan. I still have to get used to the name switch. And I think for fans of his original work, it's the other way around. So uh, they found calling him Daniel Bryan hard instead of Bryan Danielson. But anyway, Bryan comes out and he helps Christian Cage. 
as well as Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, who originally came there to help even the playing field against Christian, because Christian was getting beat down. This was already after the match. And Brian helped out, and the Elite, Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, and the rest walked away. And Daniel Bryan, uh, his debut did not overshadow Adam Cole's. I think that could have been a big factor, and it could have been a big factor for worrying, you know? People could have been worried that Brian would have uh, outshined everyone there, especially Adam Cole, but not at all, you know? Uh, it's still big. It's still huge. I think the biggest takeaway here is that three of these guys are in this company, and that's huge. That's very big. And not only that, because the women's division got a huge booster shot as well. We have Ruby Soho, the former Ruby Riot, coming into AEW. So she was also a former WWE superstar. Now she's in AEW. Uh, Ruby Riot, as she was known back then, uh, didn't get many opportunities as far as getting title shots for the main belt, or main belts rather, because there's Raw and SmackDown. Uh, she was also a prominent part of NXT during her time there. Uh, during her time on the main roster, Raw and SmackDown, she formed the Riot Squad. So she was a member of a three-woman group. This was alongside Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan got released first, so it was just Ruby and Liv. And I remember one of the biggest slights against Ruby and Liv was that they were a real tag team, but they did not win the tag team gauntlet at WrestleMania for a shot at the women's tag team championship. And I remember seeing that and and I was I was very confused because Ruby and Liv were a tag team. And they're a very solid team at that. But they didn't win. So that's part of um, the sliding of Ruby. You know, she didn't really get a fair shake uh, during her time on the main roster. But now she's in AEW. She showed up at the Casino Battle Royale for the women. And she was the Joker card. So meaning she was the last entrant for this one. And everyone loved her. Uh, the Chicago crowd at All Out loved her. Absolutely, that they embraced her with open arms, and she won the thing. She won, she won the battle royal itself. Uh, it was between her and Thunder Rosa, and she won. And now she will be the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship that's held by Britt Baker, DMD. And I'm not opposed to Ruby suddenly winning her first match, her first appearance. It's okay. You know, people love Ruby, and she definitely deserves this shot, you know. And again, alongside Adam, Brian, and Punk, she was very happy to be there. If you were able to see the media scrum uh, during and after All Out, it was great. Like, it, it's so nice to see wrestlers happy, because uh, that's the biggest takeaway from today. There's one thing that I want to share. It's that it's nice seeing professional wrestlers happy in an environment where they can thrive it's nice seeing them happy because in turn what we can get from happy professional wrestlers is amazing professional wrestling and AEW with the work environment that they have will keep on bringing wrestlers who are happy keep on making the wrestlers that they have now happy and in turn will make the fans happy as well so 
you know, just just be happy all around. Do what makes you happy. And with uh, people like Ruby, Punk, Adam, and Brian, I think as of now, they've found their happiness. And us fans are happy too. What more could you want? So that's the biggest takeaway I learned from All Out. And I do plan on talking about All Out some more in a future episode. But for now, uh, we need to talk about this. I almost left out Ruby actually. So she is a big get too for the women's division. So let's not let's not slight her like how WWE had in the past. So that's Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, Brian Danielson, and of course CM Punk. All elite. All elite wrestling. All in AEW. And I think the best and the most fun parts of their journeys, they're still to come. Alright, so that will be it for today. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. And I will be covering All Out in the future. But for now, this will be it. The biggest signings that not just everyone in the industry, but people outside it. The world is talking about these signings. And I hope the best for all four of them and for all of AEW and the future signings that they may have as well. Maybe they'll continue to surprise us and knock our socks off. Alright, thanks everybody, and I'll catch you on the next episode. I'll catch you on the next episode. Alright, bye.